Hey everybody, welcome to the Greg and Dave Show, episode 38, but also the first episode of season two. That's right, we've met our one year mark, how about that? Uh, it's always great to have Mr. Dave here with us when he's not doing his clandestine uh, IT ops. So I'm going to run this one real quick. DHS awards anti-terror grant for the alphabet group to indoctrinate six-year-olds. Now, for those of you just joining, whenever I say the alphabet, that's the LGBTQ and so on. I just alphabet group for me. This is from the Daily Signal by Ben Johnson. The Biden admin has awarded an anti-terrorism grant worth more than a half a million dollars to an alphabet activist group which distributes condoms and quote-unquote sex education material to expand its quote in-school support for alphabet plus youth, close quote, as young as age six. The manifesto of its school-based group is based on the Black Panthers. Right on. Abol abolition of the police, erasure of the U.S. border, reclamation of all stolen lands by indigenous people. What is an anti-terror grant? I'm, I'm not sure I understand what that is. The Bite Me Department of Homeland Security announced that the Sexual Minority Youth Assistance League had received $530,000 targeted violence and terrorism prevention grant late last week. Although the grant is intended to, quote, prevent targeted violence and terrorism, close quote, the grant synopsis explains that the SMYAL will provide in-school support for Alphabet Plus youth training for school staff and youth service providers and resilience programs for Alphabet Plus youth age 6 to 24. The grant will address both, quote, the risk of violence and negative mental health outcomes faced by the Alphabet Plus Youth, close quote, in Washington, D.C. and nearby Montgomery, Montgomery County, Maryland. So that's grant is intended to prevent targeted violence and terrorism. And how is it going to prevent it? <laughs> I, I, I guess I'm missing something. No. But it's just weird. It's like Biden just gave six, what, billion dollars to Iran? Something like that. So people that shout death to America, he gives them money. So people that shout death to Christians or death to conservatives like the alphabet group does, they get money. It's quite a name. And I mean, and like, is it going to stop these uh, described terrorist acts? But here's the thing. There is no violence against these gay folks. No, there isn't. But they keep saying there is so that they can get sympathy or whatever. up term is what it is. Yeah. The heads up for those that think that public system, public school system, so bad that they're going to send their kid to a private Catholic school. There's one in Maryland that has quietly introduced a social social justice course for seniors that's required for graduation. One mother calls it social justice indoctrination, quote, disguised as a religion class. Close quote. The curriculum is vague. Much is kept secret. And that's interesting because usually general ed required courses um, are taken in your freshman year. Usually by the time you're a senior, whether it's high school or college, the courses you take are kind of more 
specific to the direction of your study. Mm. So you find like math and science students will take like level, depending on the school, of course, level three and level four courses along that line. So the fact that they're putting that at the end yeah. <laughs> of their tenure as a student is quite telling. That's the last thing they want to pump them up with before they turn them That's loose. true. Yeah. The new class is little more than critical race theory with no academic benefit. Quote, we chose this school because we thought it was more conservative compared to some of the others. On the syllabus, it's called Religion 12 Catholic Social Teaching. Right. However, on the student schedule, it's called Social Justice 101. J.C. Assistant Principal Dania Atanasio told Mrs. Fletcher the social justice class is required for graduation. Stop. You see, by if they do that as a freshman, by the time they get to their sophomore year, they've already moved class, forgotten that, forgotten that guy. They want to make sure that these kids uh, get this stuff drilled into them. That's crazy. Maybe they're thinking that, well, parents won't mind because it's their last year. Well, that's, I mean, you're holding students hostage. Yeah, you are. Yeah, yeah. you're right. You're right. You're absolutely right. That's, that's not cool, man. <laughs> she says there aren't even any books. Quote, with the so- social justice course being mandatory and disguised as a religion course, she's already be- being brainwashed by it. Quote, my daughter came home yesterday and said she was confused, she recalled. When I asked her to show me what confused her, she wouldn't show me. That's because she knows it's something I won't want to see. You shouldn't want to hide things from your parents. But that's exactly what the libs want, right? Secrecy. Did I uh, send you the article with a school in Chicago or Maryland that purportedly put some pills? What is it? Zoloft's an anti like a bag full of antidepressants. Kids bag secretly sent her home with that and called child protective services on the dad. Oh wow, dude! I didn't send that to you. You may have, but I don't. I don't (laughs) guess I read it because I don't remember that. Yeah, man. Um, Wow. Yeah. So I, I I bring that up because that is what these schools are doing. Secrecy. It is absolutely insane. Yeah, uh, let me see if I can find uh, it. I think I forgot to mention this article is by the Epic Times by Patricia Tolson. Maine. Maine. I said Chicago or Maryland. Okay. Maine, yeah. 17 year old child sent her home with a secret bag of Zoloft. And then when she got home, they sent protective services to the house. Wow, that's straight up evil. Yeah. So, yep. Then there's another one, a school worker, that began secret gender transition in a 13-year-old. This was in Maine as well, the school, without the parents' awareness, consent, or anything like that. So, now, remember, Biden said that these kids don't belong to the parents. That's right. So. That's right. They belong to they're everybody's children or whatever he said. All right, this next article is going to shift gears here. If you get the Epic Times on a regular basis, you're probably already familiar with it. But this one's entitled, Family Shipwrecked After Killer Whale Attack Survives 38 Days at Sea Drinking Turtle Blood. 
So this is Epic Times by Arsh Sarao and Anna Mason. And I'll just grab a couple excerpts. In 1972, a group of six, including children, got lost at sea after killer whales attacked their yacht. Drift in the Pacific Ocean for 38 days with just a compass, they drank turtle blood to survive and learned to harvest rainwater amid pouring thunderstorms, all the while struggling to keep their damaged dinghy afloat. Quote, it felt like you were being saved for a reason, close quote. Mr. Robinson, who is now 69, quote, she said that she could see God, that she could see a light, that somebody was watching over us. Mr. Robinson was just 16 years old when his parents, Lynn and Dougal, dairy farmers from England, decided to buy a boat and sail around the world. Around 10 a.m., three huge blows hit the side of the boat. Just moments earlier, Mr. Robinson had spotted a dark shape in the water. Quote, I knew the male orca must have hit the yacht and with such force that it wasn't an accident. It must have been an attack. Close quote. Another quote, get the life raft over the side, my dad said. While he was in the water, Mr. Robertson's panic about the whales grew. He'd heard that you don't feel the bite. So he kept checking to see if he still had his legs. Everybody was cold, shivering, and wondering what the hell happened. It was the end of our adventure. So yeah, if you guys like that kind of stuff, you can check that out. That's a pretty neat article. Don't feel the bite, huh? Yeah, I know. That's wild, huh? I guess their teeth are so sharp. Yeah. Seen them all. <laughs> what are you wearing that Levi's shirt for? They're communists. <laughs> yeah, that's one of those stories that the that they have under the positive. You know, they got that little section called positive. All right, this next one from the Daily Signal by Jake Smith. Quote, muzzling speech, close quote. Federal appeals court shoots down communist fornia gun ad law. The Communist Formula Law prohibits firearm advertisements or advertisements, as we say here in America, that could be construed as, quote, designed, intended, or reasonably appears attractive to minors, close. But since minors can't purchase firearms and Communist Formula already takes steps to prevent youth gun violence, the law serves the purpose of banning truthful gun advertisements in a sweeping and extensive manner according to the ruling. Of the Ninth Circus Court. Are there vaping commercials? Yeah. I, mean, no, I, I, I wonder. Know. I'm just curious. Interesting. You know that a federal judge smacked down the high capacity magazine ban in California? Yeah, I heard there's like a few a few Republican judges that are that got appointed during. Yeah, they shut it down. <laughs> That's that's good because that's what they that's what all the lib judges did when Trump was in office. They kept shutting his stuff down. Interested in this JFK assassination witness breaks sixty year silence refutes key claim. You think anybody's interested in that? No. Probably kids today. Do you even know about JFK assassination? I I think majority of people that are aware of it, a certain age group overwhelmingly know that what was reported was BS. Like, even without having all of the details that constantly came out over the years since then, there were so many refuted claims almost immediately following. And I think you had a much more conscious and aware citizenry at that time. Yeah. So, yeah, 
I think there's no sweetening. At this point, it's kind of like the whole COVID thing. People who knew knew. So I, even as things continue to come out, there's a significant number of people like, well, yeah, we've known that from the beginning. We said this from the beginning, type of thing. So, um, I mean, if you're our age, you might be interested in it. In further vindication, vindication is always nice. I'll put it in the show notes and you can check it out. This this guy, he's 88 years old now, and he was a uh, former Secret Service just a few feet away from President Kennedy when he was shot and killed in Dallas. At the time, he was assigned to protect Jackie Kennedy. I'm curious as to what muzzled him for so long. Okay, well, let's see. Burning conviction inside. Yeah, so I guess he's, you know, reaching that he's feeling like oh I need to get it off my chest you know so it says Mr. Landis that's the Secret Service guy said there's no goal at this point I just think it had been long enough that I needed to tell my story BS man I call BS no goal at this point to what end I mean you remember about the magic bullet and all that stuff yeah. he said okay so a recent interview with the New York Times the government-backed Warren Commissioner Commissioning's finding that a magic bullet struck and it exited the president before it struck then-Texas Governor John Connolly Jr., a theory that has been the subject of criticism for the decades and has helped fuel a range of alternative theories about former president's assassination. So, officially, the U.S. government and the CIA, they've maintained that uh, a lone gunman was... was Inkley, right? Yeah, or no, uh, Lee Harvey Oswald. Lee Harvey Oswald, yeah. Didn't Hinckley, he, he shot Reagan, didn't he? So in the interview with the paper published uh, September 9th, Mr. Landis recalled hearing multiple gunshots at Dealey Plaza in Dallas as he went behind President Kennedy's limousine, seeing the president moving forward after being shot in the head. After the assassination, Mr. Landis recalled picking up what he called a near-perfect condition bullet from the back seat of President Kennedy's limousine near where the president had been sitting. Mr. Lana suggested in the interview that he that the reason why investigators believe that the magic bullet struck both the former president and the governor is because the bullet that Mr. Landis discovered was later found on a stretcher belonging to the former president. It wasn't until the New York Times interview this week that Mr. Lana confirmed that he it was he who found the bullet and placed it there. The paper quoted him as saying that it wasn't until 2014 that he realized the location of the bullet's recovery that was cited by him was different than what he, than what was cited in the Warren Commission. He then checked with several officials but received skepticism with officials saying he filed multiple written reports himself with the commission decades ago. Now he explains... Why he hasn't spoken out for 60 years, he says, quote, I didn't want to talk about it. He left the Secret Service months after the assassination. He was afraid. I started to think that I do something wrong. There was a fear that I might have done something wrong and I shouldn't talk about it. Also in 2014, according to Mr. Landis, a former Secret Service colleague, Clint Hill, had warned him in an email about speaking out about what he saw. He said there would be, quote, 
many ramifications, close quote, in the email which he shared with the New York Times. I mean, you've been a punk. Be a punk. Just, I, I don't get that. I, I, I uh, really don't. If, if you're going to say, you know, it, it, it's one of those things where this is where I land at that. It's either you do or you don't. And doing or not doing, I think, is a direct byproduct of your constitution as a person. It, there are people that will be like the deer in headlights under certain situations. And then there are people that will have an instant response or reaction to counter that I don't buy that and you know on that note you asked me if I had any thoughts <laughs> before we started um I do have one and is this related yeah okay yeah people like this don't help anything as far as I'm concerned they just bring more confusion mm -hmm. and doubt and cloudiness to the equation. Yeah. It, it doesn't help anything. And I'm of the opinion that this is by deliberate design. On uh, These people just come out the woodwork. They go against the narrative. They just... It, and I think they are a distraction. On, on some level, they are serving as a distraction at the behest of what I call the social engineering. So that stuff kind of annoys me. It really does. It, it is annoying. But one thing that I wanted to talk about was this pristine bullet. Right. Now, other than shooting into gel, what is it, gelatin or what is that stuff the called? Ballistics. Yeah, yeah, the ballistic gel. I have never seen a pristine bullet. I mean, unless you reloaders. But what are they saying is a pristine bullet, though? Because there are going to be markings from the chamber and the barrel when the bullet is, is charged. But so it sounds like somebody just took a bullet and just, dropped it <laughs> in the back seat. Wow. I mean, if, for those of you that have gone shooting, when have you picked up a pristine bullet? I mean, I've picked up a near pristine bullet, but never a pristine as in untouched. Yeah. If it hit anything... I mean, it's just that in and of itself Even bugs me. Even before it hits, like once that hammer hits that center of the of the cartridge, the, even just as it moves through the barrel, that's the ballistics that they can tell what gun a bullet was fired from. If the the grooves match. Mm-hmm. Of course, they have to have the gun in their possession. So even if you just shoot it in the air and it doesn't hit anything, it's not pristine because it's going to have those ballistic markings that are specific to the firearm that discharged around. So I don't know what that is, man. It's, <laughs> it's bizarre. Yeah, like I said, it doesn't help. No, it doesn't help yeah. at all. It is a complete distraction. The guy's <laughs> 88 years old. He's he's maybe getting close to seeing God soon, so maybe I don't know. Like you said, it's probably just BS. All right, here's another uh, interesting story. Man escapes Soviets by ziplining on power lines over Iron Curtain. Did you read this one? I did not. Tastes freedom in Las Vegas. That's Epic Times by Michael Wing. And this is another one of those stories. I mean, this is fascinating, these dudes. On a stormy night, a pair of friends set out to prove something to the communists who controlled their country 
at the tail end of the Cold War. On a one-way trip, they sealed an electrical excuse me they scaled an electrical tower as thunder boomed out of necessity the two men zip lined along high voltage power lines from their homeland soviet czechoslovakia across the iron curtain july 18th 1986 the guy says his home his homeland during the soviet era was basically a big jail uh, mr poles his name told the newspaper why the, why the troops are facing inland with the machine guns and not outward where the danger of the western bloc country is that doesn't make sense oh this is interesting he slips a warning to americans i seriously suspect you're going to have communism creeping into this country guess what he was right when was his warning back in 1986 yeah shortly after Pretty interesting. Uh, the friends, so he met this guy. president of the U.S. then? That was Reagan. It was right? probably Reagan, yeah. I think, in the 80s. So he got arrested one time for pun punching out a, an informant, uh, a communist informant. Anyway, a dreadful hurdle lay between them and freedom. The Iron Curtain is this 4,300-mile-long barrier, barrier of electrical fence, razor wire, mines, watchtowers, and machine gun nests had been perfected by communists over three decades. Hugging the Eastern Bloc, it sealed its people off from the West. So I recommend checking this thing out because they, I mean, it's a true story, first off. And then these guys come up with these makeshift devices to they can slide along. And then I guess they had enough sense to know which one of the many power wires is a ground wire and to not make contact with any of the others while they're zipping along but it's a fascinating story i mean they're they just zipped over the bad guys and lived to tell about it and wow. they it had to use the the stormy night to climb the the tower because the thunder would hide the sound of them climbing that was pretty trippy anyway i recommend checking that out look here's a, a health flash ibuprofen should you use it do you use ibuprofen Epic Times by Vance Voltberg. I, I, I can never, I, I never know which one is ibuprofen versus acetaminophen. Yeah. Tylenol, Advil, Aruba, I don't know. Yeah, this article talks about it. I'm just going to pull out a few highlights. People, here's people who shouldn't use it. People with an impaired liver or impaired kidney should avoid ibuprofen as the drug can damage these vital organs. Dr. Joseph Maroon a professor of neurological surgery at the University of Pittsburgh Medical Center told the Epic Times, the liver is critical in removing wastes and degrading drugs. Ibuprofen can be toxic to these processes. The standard dosage of 200 to 400 milligrams three times a day is burdensome for the liver. Dude, that's, that's, that's a lot of ibuprofen. Two, two to 400 milligrams three times a day? Why would you need to take that? Oh, much? I don't know. Anyway, ibuprofen is also toxic to the kidneys as it damages blood vessels that filter waste. Ibuprofen blocks inflammation pathways but can increase compounds called leukotrienes, causing bronchospasms, a tightening of the muscles that line the lung, the lung's airways. People with hypertension and or heart failure studies show that ibuprofen such as naproxen can raise blood pressure. Basically, they call this the NSAID drugs. Yeah, I know about the NSAIDs. Yeah, the NSAIDs. Uh, 
It's a non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drug. Non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drug. NSAID. So anything of that nature. So ibuprofen and naproxen. It's known that pregnant women should avoid such drugs after 20 weeks as the drug can result in low amenionic fluid. Anyway, it's an in-depth article, but I thought it was interesting because I know I've taken it before. But general, as a general rule, I try not to take these things because I know that they do have a negative impact well, on kidneys. Too much of anything is good for nothing. So, <laughs> Too much of anything is good for nothing. All things in moderation, which is also scriptural. Well, not also, which is scriptural. Uh, I've taken it. Yeah, I mean, I've yeah. taken it. I think everyone has. I'm taking, I don't know, if, not two, necessarily ibuprofen, but like Excedrin. Two to three hundred, three times a day. No. That is, that's no. a bit excessive. That is excessive. House passes bill to protect gas-powered cars amid communist Fornia's electric vehicle push. From the Daily Signal, Arjun Singh. The House of Representatives passed a bill Thursday to protect cars with internal combustion engines amid new regulations from communist Fornia that would limit them. It's called Preserving Choice and Vehicle Purchases Act. Isn't that crazy? I mean, the the things that we have to do. I mean, legislate is uh, yeah. So this uh, Re representative John Joyce is a Republican from Pennsylvania. Quote, he says, California regulators shouldn't have the power to determine what vehicles are sold to families in Pennsylvania. I agree. One state should not be able to set national policy and Americans should not be forced into making purchases they are unable to afford. These people are insane, man. Yeah, the, the, the climate control people are just totally whack. I mean... Did you see the article I sent you? With how much damage? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. In a stack. <laughs> so, you know how there's been a lot of crazy violence going on from young people running over, busting into cars, pe choking people out of the gas station while they're gassing up their car and stealing it. So, if you go to Google and type heinous crimes up with young people, you'll see over 2 billion results. It's a society where individuals no longer temper their darkest impulses, and regrettably, it's our youth who often find themselves on the front line manifesting behaviors at an unacceptable rate. So it's like, uh, what's that? Purge. Like that movie, Purge. Traditional values that once served as a guiding principle seem to be waning, waning, leaving a moral vacuum in which right and wrong are increasingly ambiguous. This has always been more than just right, left, or Republican, Democrat. This is this goes to fighting principalities that are beyond flesh and blood. Yep, yep. And uh, we we've spoken about this book by Jonathan Khan, The Return of the Gods. Uh -huh. And the premise of that book is when house has been put in order and by Christ, by knowing Christ, and lives accordingly. And they, the house that was once possessed is left empty, and the spirit comes back and finds the house empty. Parable in Matthew, and uh, Jesus said that the spirit then goes back and gets seven others worse than him to inhabit the house again. And I think a lot of people 
very few people that I have heard and read outside of Jonathan Kahn really took that to a generational level. And in, in our case, that house is the West. The West, if it wasn't for, for those that are history buffs, Poland stopped the West from being conquered by Islam. One Polish general held a line against Islam as it was moving through the, the West. And so the West was one battle away, one general away from the Islamic territory. And Christianity thrived in the West. So the West was fundamentally Judeo-Christian. But over time, they expelled Christ from society one bit at a time until the West is no longer occupied by Christ. It's empty. So these demons or this demon that was there before that was dispelled when the gospel came has returned and found an unoccupied West mm. and went for backup and have mm. now occupied the West. Mm. Which is why these things aren't new. They've just intensified. These kinds of things you will hear would make your jaw drop from east to west. Now it's commonplace. And it is because of that reoccupation of that former demon plus those that are worse than him. That is what we're seeing in, in society today. You're absolutely right. It is very much a spiritual manifestation of principalities um, that now govern this territory. I mean, these things are unthinkable, but yet they're commonplace. Yeah, I mean, we've heard about parents or officials reading out loud these sex books in yeah. in school and being shut down, but yet it's okay yeah. for the kids to read yeah. about it. I and mean, then there's another trend of people walking naked. Like you've you've seen you familiar with this? I remember you talking about it, but not. So there like, was a lady. I think it was in California, butt naked, on a freeway, just opening fire on on people. I, I'm talking about not a stitch of clothing in on it. And not even an isolated incident. The most recent one I saw was a guy walking through an airport butt naked, like just strolling. It's happening all over the place. <laughs> oh, you Google that, you'd be surprised what you find. Like, these things, it's like, what? <laughs> what is going on? Easy to say drugs. Mm -hmm. That's low-hanging fruit. But it goes beyond that. Oh, yeah. Way beyond that. I mean, it probably started sooner than this, but, you know, back when they kicked God out of school. Absolutely. Absolutely. No pledge allegiance, no prayer. There used to be prayer. And, and there's a principle of, of physics. There's no such thing as empty space. It doesn't exist. If something is moved, something else will take its place. This is a, a law of physics. There is no such thing as empty space. So if you remove that which is good and that which is natural, then something evil and unnatural will take its place. This is, this is how it works. 
and you take God out of schools, something else is going to take that place. We'll see what that looks like. And to me, I remember we said this before that Satan, I believe, came up with communism because that is such a perfect way to make humanity completely miserable. I mean, on all levels. If you're under communist law, you are going to be miserable. Yeah, they, they, I don't know if he came up with it, but these things are definitely satanically inspired or demospired. Because man's imagination is capable of, uh, outside of Christ, uh, capable of some very, very horrendous things. And just with the slightest bit of evil or satanic influence, uh, there is no telling where that imagination... And Jesus said that, not, uh, well, pre-incarnate Christ, God. He said, come, let us go down. He said, because Babel, now there is nothing they won't imagine that they won't try to do. You know, this dude had the idea, hey, let's let's build a portal to heaven. <laughs> Where did that come from? But yeah, you're right. It's not like uh, Solomon said, there's nothing new under the sun because, you know, Sodom and Gomorrah, like, bring these men out so we may have sex with them. Yep. Yeah, human, mankind's mind and heart is a dark place. Uh, Jeremiah said the heart of man is desperately wicked above all things. Who can know it and it, it is so bad that we're we don't even know how depraved we are capable of being outside of christ it should should scare you and i i tell i tell my kids and i, I say this all the time a person without christ is capable of being anything there is nothing they aren't capable of under the right circumstance it really does put into a crystal clear focus how much saving the grace of god does yeah and that's why i call them the democrat party child slavery or just any human slavery child sex trafficking sex trafficking in general fentanyl open border i mean the debauchery of the democrat party knows no bounds and why people can't see that the tyranny the anguish the lawlessness of a country run by liberals i mean even in the days of noah right, the scripture said that the thoughts of man were continually evil and in the new testament jesus said it in the last days it would be just as in the time of noah mm. so imagine that it was that bad then and it's exponentially increased now just think what that would look like right there was i this... don't know that i have to think about it i mean <laughs> we're living it aren't we yeah so it, it was that bad then continually evil were the thoughts of men like there was this guy that went home and uh, told his wife that he killed a man today because he didn't like how he looked at him it's Folks, wake up, pay attention. If you're out in the public, do not be staring down in the, at the ground. Do not be looking at your phone. Do not be. We need to be armed and aware out in public. There is no two ways about it. And it, it's actually one of the teachings of Christ that the church is conspicuously refusing 
to acknowledge when he told his disciples, sell your script and buy a sword. Because that goes against everything that we are presented with on the Sermon of the Mount and turn the other cheek. And it, it doesn't fit the narrative. And there's this idea of the those that engage in textual criticism that the scriptures has errors and and, and this set of nonsense. And when something doesn't fit the build of conventional thought, they just ignore it. They, they, they don't touch it. Like, I have never, I'll take that back. I have heard one preacher in my entire life talk about that verse. One. That is not an exaggeration. Sell your script and buy a sword. And to translate that, a sword back then would be the equivalent of a firearm in our society, in our time. Script is your clothing. That's how important it was. Then I guess that naked lady did what she said. She <laughs> got she rid of her it. clothes and got a firearm. <laughs> yeah, right. But that is a very telling statement. Very, very cautionary. But it doesn't fit the narrative because church today would have you believe that being a Christian, you have to be a pacifist. You just need to take abuse and you can't do this and you can't do that. It's completely a misrepresentation of what being a Christian is. I think it's very elementary and it's very childish to contextualize being a Christian in that way. But hey, that's where we are. That's where we are. And, and to add to that, the church seems to have its head stuck in the sand about what is happening in this country. Seems to? <laughs> no. They yeah, do. <laughs> they do. That's a, a topic for another day, but but boy, oh boy, that that's very true, and it's frustrating to both of us. I know, maybe for a lot of you, why doesn't the church address what's happening in America? That's all we're gonna do for today, folks. Thank you for watching. Thank you for reaching out. Thank you for uh, telling your friends and your neighbors and your enemies and your family about us continue to reach out to us at the greg and dave show at outlook.com the greg letter n dave show at outlook.com until next time stay safe